of a bit of an introduction before we pray our prayer uh, for illumination, not elimination. Um, but I, first of all, I don't know if you know that you get points, but you all get points today. Uh, it's raining, uh, it's right after Thanksgiving, and I didn't imagine we'd have many folks here or online, and so thank you for joining us in worship and how good it is to be together, especially on this Advent one. Our text today is the genealogy of Jesus according to the Gospel of Matthew. And if you were to open your Bible to the first chapter in the Gospel of Matthew, you will see this long list of names. And possibly you would consider this text to be boring. There are literally 44 names that we will read I considered skipping reading the long list of names today, but then I remembered it is important to hear these names. This is Jesus' genealogy, the generations of families that came before Jesus. So as we hear these names, I hope that you will consider with me that each name represents a person, a person connected to other people, a person with a story, with a family, with a history, and all these people are connected to the one that we call Savior, Prince of Peace, Jesus the Christ. These people and Jesus' genealogy are complex creatures. They are not boring, like all of us. Each one of them has a story to tell, like each one of us. One of the ways that we understand who we are is by knowing our roots. From where do we come? The great, the good, the bad, and even the ugly. We are made up of billions of cells that derive from many people and places, and God blesses all of this. And knowing our roots, we come to know ourselves. I am thrilled this morning to be literally connected to my roots, having my father, Charlie, leading worship with me. In many ways, my mom and dad, as my dad mentioned, feel incredibly connected to each one of you and to this congregation. Last summer, when my dad spent months in and out of the hospital with an infected spine, and I took medical leave and my sabbatical to be there with my parents, uh, we were encouraged and felt cared for and supported by the hundreds of people who were praying and supporting us. And this congregation, First Presbyterian Church, was a very big part of that group. And we do thank you for that connection. I'm also grateful that my other family, my mother and sister, and my namesake niece, her name is Mary Kay, have come from Atlanta and are worshiping with us today. And my mother-in-law, who lives here in my husband and go on and on, and my son Charlie, who is going to assist in worship, who is also responding to his own call to be a minister. So we are a little bit proud today, sorry. So uh, we want to invite you now to listen to the names in God's family, in our family. Charlie and I will read the scripture. We're going to read it from the message, the Bible in contemporary language, and uh, we invite you, as you hear these names, to consider that these were real people, just like you and me. But first, let us pray. 
Most gracious God, we give you thanks for the community that we get to grow and love and learn and be connected in. And we thank you for your holy word that we can read together in community so that we can grow and learn and love. Open our ears now as we listen for your word. Amen. Listen for God's word as we read Matthew 1, 1 through 17. The family tree of Jesus Christ, David's son, Abraham's son, Abraham had Isaac, Isaac had Jacob, Jacob had Judah and his brothers. Judah had Perez and Zerah, their mother was Tamar. Perez had Hezron, Hezron had Aram, Aram had Amanadab, Amanadab had Nashan, Nashan had Salmon, Salmon had Boaz, his mother was Rahab. Boaz had Obed, Ruth was the mother, Obed had Jesse, Jesse had David, and David became king. David had Solomon, Uriah's wife was the mother. Solomon had Rehoboam, Rehoboam had Abijah, Abijah had Asa, Asa had Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat had Jeram, Jeram had Uzziah. Uzziah had Jotham, Jotham had Ahaz, Ahaz had Hezekiah. Hezekiah had Manasseh, Manasseh had Amon, Amon had Josiah, Josiah had Jehoiakim. And his brothers, and then the people were taken into the Babylonian exile. When the Babylonian exile ended, Jehoiakim had Shealtiel, Shealtiel had Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel had Abud, Abud had Eliakim, Eliakim had Azor, Azor had Zadok, Zadok had Akim, Akim had Iliud, Iliud had Eleazar, Eleazar had Mathon, Mathon had Jacob. Jacob had Joseph, Mary's husband, the Mary who gave birth to Jesus, the Jesus who was called Christ. There were 14 generations from Abraham to David, another 14 from David to the Babylonian exile, and yet another 14 from the Babylonian exile to Christ, the birth of Jesus. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Charlie. We had to practice that a few times. Today is the first Sunday of Advent. It marks the beginning of a new church year. If you have had a chance to read Amy's letter in our new FP Seasons, you will know that it is our goal to lean into our values, to be grounded, growing, and generous followers of Jesus Christ. And that this year, we are going to spend some time considering what it means to be grounded. How are we grounded in God? Grounded in Scripture. Grounded in our identity as children of God. Our Advent theme is generation to generation. What does it mean to be grounded in our stories, our traditions, and the ancestors who came before us? My grandmother, Scott, my dad's mom, who lived to be 
101, always felt awful because we, all of her children and her grandchildren, have horrible hay fever and cat allergies. Every time we would sneeze when we were with my grandmother, she would say, oh, I am so sorry. She had hay fever and she was allergic to cats and she was sure it was her fault that we all suffered. She died in 2013, but even to this day, when one of us sneezes due to hay fever or a cat, we say, it's great-grandmother's fault. It is actually a wonderful way to remember her, even while buying more Claritin and Kleenex. <clears throat> In a world that says, figure it out on your own, our scripture, our faith says, not so much. We are connected. There's a line that holds us together. If we had time to research each of the people in Jesus' genealogy, we would not be bored. There are some real characters. Jesus was connected to such a diverse group of people, and it is helpful to consider this. For this is what makes us unique, complex, rich, full and complicated human beings. We are not one-dimensional, we are a mosaic. Our roots dig deep and we come from all types of characters. I have learned in my own family history that I have kin that were members of the KKK. And at the same time, kin that were working through the Underground Railroad helping enslaved African-Americans to escape and find freedom. I would prefer to dismiss or deny the dark side, but it is a part of me, which is what the writer of Matthew in the first century knew. The religion historian Diana Butler Bass reminds us that Genealogies were not considered dull in their original context. Indeed, genealogy was a common feature of many ancient religions and the sacred text. The Hebrew people secured political or priestly legitimacy through their kinship. Genealogical records established lines for passing on possessions and property, along with role, rank, and authority. Religious genealogies are not just economical or political, they also register the handing down of religious practices of wisdom, which is called tradition. To establish legitimacy, Matthew is taking that tradition and turning it on its head by including some outsiders. And doesn't that give us a truer picture if we look at our own family, we can see how incredibly creative our makeup is. Some of us know this as we look at our immediate family. We may have members that are neurodiverse and those that are neurotypical. We have members with mental health issues and those with medical diagnosis. We are not simple people. We have varying personalities and values. And yet, we are all in the same soup. We just wrapped up 2022 Thanksgiving. How many 
we're walking into awkward family situations. Members of your family with differing political points of view, we are not monolithic, and yet we oftentimes trend or we pretend that we are. The genealogy of Jesus reminds us of the vastness of our relations and the invitation to be who you are. If you were to ask me what was the one common denominator in the genealogy that Matthew lists for us, what was the one line, I would say hope. I know this might not seem obvious, but remember If all these unlikely characters can be important enough to be part of Jesus' genealogy, then there is hope for our families and for each of us, hope in something better, hope in the relationships that we share, hope in the common good, hope in enough for all, and hope for the coming Messiah. And this is the season that we begin right now, today. It is Advent, my friends, the beginning of the Christian year, and we are invited to begin anew today, to begin with hope, hope that we can recognize our humanity, that we would know that God loves us, that God loves me, and that God loves you and that God loves each one of us, that we could practice daily loving one another. We all know that there is so much that pulls us apart right now, things that make us anxious and scared and disappointed. It is my prayer that in this season that we would take a moment to remember our roots, when we are disappointed in the way someone has done something, remember that they are a child of God. Seek understanding rather than division. Speaking of roots, I will end with a favorite practice of mine to share with you. A trusted friend once reminded me to find my feet. I was in a difficult space, really worried about a situation, and it was practically paralyzing. And she asked me, where are your feet? Well, they're right, they're right here. They were right on the ground. And she basically said the very simple thing that we all know, be here now. But it meant so much. You are not in the past. You are not in the future you are right here. The things in the past have informed you, and you will step into the future. But for now, settle in and know that you are okay. You are supported. You are loved. Find your feet. You are grounded. Advent calls us to hope. Hope in the promise that God is calling us to greater things, and will be with us as we live into them. Hope is the recall of the good in the past on which we base our expectation of good in the future, however difficult the present. Hope digs in the rubble of the heart 
for memories of God's promise to bring good out of evil and joy out of sadness. And based on those memories of the past, takes new hope into the future. Let us pray. Lord, we are made in your image, Imago Dei. We are created to be in relationships. Sometimes it feels absolutely hopeless, and yet you are a God of hope, calling us to hope. And so we hope, knowing that you are with us. We make this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.